There we go. Okay. And welcome, Brent. Parker. This is the first episode. This is of, the first episode, yes. I totally forgot what our podcast name was for a second. Bay Boys Honkball Podcast. Yes. Because it just wasn't long enough, right? It had to, <laughs> it had to add podcasts to that. <laughs> uh, beautiful. Well, uh, this is exciting. Looking forward to the opportunity of doing this with you, and hopefully, it puts together oh, a lot. We're started with the lag already. <laughs> oh no. Um, we should restart that rather than. If you want to start from scratch, that's probably the best. We can do it as many times as needed. I want to see what you got. Hit me. You you want me to hit you with an intro? Oh yeah. All right. I mean, I'll, I'll jump in when I feel like it. Okay. Give me the. Uh, so, what's the full name of our podcast? <laughs> this episode in already got you doing my dirty work. Yeah. Mike Talkman has S tier legs, and we did not record a new intro. My initials are BP. And as a pitcher growing up, those are not the two best initials that you can have. So, Well, welcome, Brent and everyone else, to Bay Boys Honkball. That's right. I'm a big fan liar. Deal with it. Today, episode one. Neither Brent nor I have any idea what we're doing, so bear with us. And... Brett, how are you doing today? Wow. I, Discord hates us. But we will not hate you, the viewer, because you are very important to us. And God, that sounds really stupid, but I'm leaving it in. That's good stuff. I'm glad to be putting this together with you, and I, hopefully it's going to be a, a long friendship of you know, agreeing and disagreeing on some, some silly stuff and some serious stuff with baseball. But all things baseball are always great. Ah, you got to love yourself beating the Dodgers at its 107 games. You do? It was sweet up until that, the last check swing. And that was when the, the real pain kind of sunk in. So, I, In my gut, I, I mean... Although I knew late night Milwaukee, uh, um, although I knew late night Milan, I just said it again. I'm gonna st- late night Milan. There we go. It's his new canon name. I knew he was coming up in the inning where they put Scherzer, but as soon as they announced Scherzer, I f- I felt it in my bones. It was over. Yeah, it was for sure. It's just hard to have the season end on that judgment call, though, right? I mean, there's pros and cons to having umpires in the game of baseball because you got to have that human element or else I, I feel like if we were to remove them, there would just be a giant hole missing and we would have either no idea or what it was or we'd say, oh my God, the umpires were the best thing ever. And I think that that's the challenge with Major League Baseball is is what to do with the umpires. We have the technology, right? So does the game evolve evolve with the technology? That's the question, I guess. It's it's that, and baseball could definitely do a better job with its rules for umpires. They could 
definitely use an update. I I agree there. Uh, I will tell you this though: there there's a ton of effort that's put in as far as practice and academies and things like that for umpires. Um, when you look at the margin of error that they have, um, whether it's balls and strikes or uh, you know plays, bang bang plays, uh, they get them right a pretty high percentage of the time. I think that there are obviously some umpires that tarnish um, the idea of having you know someone who's visually there as opposed to some sort of robo uh, umpire. Angel Hernandez comes to mind as somebody that is. Uh, I think all of last year, there were several several clips of him uh, just completely missing calls. So uh, it's a good argument. You know, what is, what's the, the way to do it? They're testing Robo down in the minors right now. So they've got it at low A, I believe, East. They're doing the Robo umpires to see how that's working. There's two sides of this. One, balls are coming at you 100 miles per hour. And there's like 100 mile per hour cutters. 100-mile-per-hour cutters, not four-seamers, cutters. Mm-hmm. How does one expect any human to get that right 100% of the time? On the other hand, there are like 150 to 200 pitches thrown per game, sometimes more, sometimes less. Mm-hmm. And you'll see um, uh, umpire uh, report cards th- uh, put a- posted on the internet, and uh, some of these umpires have a 90% correct call rate. Which means that 10% of the calls, either 15 to 20 pitches, are missed. And a good portion of those can very much affect the game. Absolutely. Yeah, those aren't, those aren't just, uh, you know, one and one counts, right? Those are 0-2 counts. They're, they're 3 and 0. They're 1 and, you know, <laughs> it, it, they could be game-altering, right? So it's, that's a great point. The Giants. They won 107 games last year. Projected to win, not so much. The reason they won 107 games was because a majority of their roster had career years. And I like to think that that is in large tribute to the Giants' focus on mental health. And perhaps elite training staff. I only know the first part about mental health to be true because they truly do prioritize that as if it's just as important as physical health. By the way, go search up Gabe Kapler's charity podcast. Uh, they're extremely lovely to, to listen to. Anyways, Giants, players, career years. Um, yes. The Giants cannot expect to win even 100 games next year with the tour that they have with the subtractions of Kevin Gossman and Buster Posey. So... It's very important that they at least somewhat bolster the roster. What are your thoughts? Well, I, th- I think for the team, we're losing you know, a couple of studs. And if you were to go back to the beginning of last year and look at the roster, and if you took a wad of $100 bills and went to Las Vegas, uh, I think you would bet the under on them winning 82 games. So um, with that said, They've been able to, to take it last season. They were able to take it to a level that, uh, I mean, with the players they had, it was really unheard of. So the holes, Fun fact. You know, the holes are kind of glaring right now. So 
that's where they need to make some changes, uh, obviously, in, in looking at, you know, what are the holes and, and who, who's available to put in those places. Fun fact, this guy on John Boy Media, former baseball uh-huh. player Trevor Plouffe, he put out a tweet in February-ish saying Braves over Astros in six games. Oh, really? And his friend calculated how much money he would have made. Something like in the tens of millions of dollars. Wow. So if you have any hot takes, go to like go put it into Vegas because even if he literally just put in one dollar, he would have made a couple hundred thousand dollars. Oh yeah, it's it's uh, ridiculous. Um, you know, I know that there was something that I saw online, and it had to do with the Giants and winning the World Series, and the odds makers and the uh, anybody that was involved in in the gambling aspect of it, they were going to lose. Uh, it was estimated over $20 million if the Giants won the World Series. That warms my heart. Let the it does. World... I just wish it happened, though. <laughs> Let the world burn, Brent. Yeah. Yeah, you got to <laughs> jump on those, those spots, uh, those hot leads, though. They don't come around very often. Boy, I wish I'd done that. As for Chris Bryant, he was... Amazing to have defensively last year. Sure, he didn't have... He passed the eye test, but he wasn't making any wow plays. But that was totally made up for by the fact that he could play all over. However, teams saw what he did, and other teams want to sign him. And this new regime under Farhan, it doesn't really seem like they want to hand out large and AAV uh, long-term contracts. So unless Bryant feels like he has no other place to go, I feel like he's going to be moving on from San Francisco. I would agree. Uh, I think the fact that he did not sign anywhere before the lockout is pretty telling um, that he's ready to take his services wherever he can get the, the highest dollar. So it's really a bidding war for him. And I think it's a game the Giants can't play. My friends and I said the deadline for Chris Bryant signing back with us was December 1st. Yes. As of recording, is December 6th. I, <laughs> I'd bet against Chris Bryant signing with us, so... I think he's also going to look at the team and just say, okay, we were overachievers last year. This team's not going to do it again. Um, so I think unless they do some, something big, which they're not going to, uh, I, I just don't see why he would want to come back, which I think is the loss. Um, and I think he, he was a contributor. I think he brings the, you know, the, the tangibles and the intangibles, right? <clears throat> so if I was in the dugout, I'll leave with him like that. Corey Singer signed with the Texas Rangers. Chris Taylor could play second. Bryant could play outfield. God, that I would do. hurt. Yeah. I, I know that's uh, where the money that's being spent, it's definitely going to lure Never, other players uh, ne- away from, from the Giants and looking at them. Never count out the Dodgers just like you never count out Steve Cohen. That's correct. 
I think we're getting to the point we're going to have to cut again. So just wanted to, you know, it's some, some kind of funny things when you go back to, you know, in, in Giants lore and look at some of these great players and, um, you know, you've, you've got fan favorites like Pablo Sandoval, Matt Cain, right? Then you've got Hall of Famers like you know, Willie McCovey, Willie Mays. Um, you know, the list can go on and on, but uh, there's one giant that or former giant that I had the pleasure of uh, growing up with and played all through Little League with this gentleman. I played, uh, you know, I played, <laughs> sorry, I lost my If you're thinking of the <laughs> guy, you're but probably I, not talking about that, the guy you know I'm a giant fan of. But if you are, oh my God. Probably not. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I grew up uh, playing Who Little League. This, this Randy spill, Randy spill the beans. You're he- you Randy, Randy Wynn. Who? Randy Wynn? Do you know who Randy Wynn is? I became a Giants fan a few months ago, man. <laughs> Were you serious? I thought so, we'd discuss this. No, I thought maybe you'd know a little bit about that because I know who Babe Ruth and Mickey Mail. <laughs> I'm well, kidding. Yeah. I'm having it, you man. <laughs> so let me. That's, that's a little different. I know. I know who Christy Matthewson is. <laughs> well, so let me. Yeah, I'll, but, I'll kind of go back on this. So, because it's an interesting. How old are you? Are you old? Is like, are you like 122 years old? <laughs> Not quite. I'm getting close though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 48. Really? Yeah. Learn all kinds of things about you. Although I'm a young 48, so so that that does take it back a little bit, though, Parker. Well, but, nice to meet you, 48 year old Brent. Yeah, thanks, 20 year old Parker. But anyway, so I I actually went to grew up and went to high school with Randy Wynn, and Randy Wynn. Uh, his dad was my little league coach growing up. His mom was my Spanish teacher in middle school. Uh, Randy was a year behind me in high school at San Ramon Valley High in Danville, California. Um, are you and are you and, good? Are you like friends at all with him? I could reach out to Randy, and Randy would he would return my call. Yeah, and that's uh, so that's know, we, not we really saying tight. much. But respect, you have a former major leaguer phone number. Uh, I yes, uh, and you know what kind of got me thinking about that was Randy Wynn, nineteen ninety eight to two thousand ten. Yes, played with a lot of teams. He was with Seattle, and then he was with Tampa Bay, and then he was a giant. He was on the Devil Rays through two thousand two. Seattle. He was on multiple teams in two thousand five between the uh, Mariners and the Giants. Giants through two thousand nine. He was with. The Yankees in in St. Louis in 2010. I did not know he was on the Yankees. I did not know that either. That's a, yeah, that's a fun was, fact there. He only played in uh, 29 games with the Yankees. So that <laughs> probably explains why. Are you able to hear me fine besides my... I, I can hear Mike. you just fine. Oh, You're good. Yep. But I, I ended up growing up with Randy. And so when you started talking about the mental health aspect of it, something that's really neat is, is Randy is a big leader for uh, what's called the bat team and it's baseball assistance team. And that is uh, a group that is a, ch- a charitable organization that is there for major league baseball players and their families uh, for any type of help they need, whether it's financial, uh, you know, any type of medical which includes mental health, which is a big one. 
Um, it could be homelessness, um, things like that. So it, there is an organization that's been put together. Randy was, he served at a very high level of that, that organization. And in fact, when I was working with the Oakland A's in the preseason, he came in uh, to speak to the players and to the front office about mental health, uh, mental health awareness and how to take care of yourself and things that you need to do within an organization uh, to make sure that, that they're able to support you and help you in those times of need. So that's where, you know, the Randy Wynn aspect of it kind of fit in, but it's also neat that I have a backstory playing with him. And then I'm just going to throw something else out for and maybe we can just edit this in, but kind of a funny story. And that was Randy was always a professional. Um, he, he would get to the ballpark, he'd throw on his hat, his uniform, and he would go out and he was, you know, head down 100% on and off the field, sprinting. You name it, he was, you know, gave it his all. Well, he was so focused that he did not pay attention to anything that was above and outside the field. So I was fortunate enough that my dad had season six to the Oakland A's, and it was the first row of the visitors dugout. And so before the game, Randy starts coming out, and a bunch of people are saying, Randy, Randy, Randy. He doesn't turn around. He goes out. He does his thing, you know, comes in. Everybody's yelling, Randy, Randy, Randy. Doesn't even look at him, goes right in the dugout. You don't see him until the game starts. So the game starts. First inning, first at bat, first batter. Randy win. So Randy steps into the box. And I'm excited because I'm getting to see him. It's opening day. Beautiful day at the ballpark. First pitch. Randy hits a high pop bell. I was about to do a Kuiper impression. <laughs> It's heading to me, though. It's not heading over the fence. So I'm watching this foul ball, and this foul ball is coming right to me. So as the ball is dropping, my dad, who's sitting right next to me, decides that he's going to push me <laughs> to get out of the way. So he pushes me right as the ball drops. The ball hits me in the chest, drops down on the ground, and the guy sitting next to me ends up with the baseball. Randy... Never even looks over to see if I'm okay. Nothing. So I was fortunate enough that after the game, I got to go see him and show him the bruise that I had on my chest from the foul ball that I took. But I had no ball to show that I caught it. So just kind of a funny story there. Back to mental health. Gabe Kapler's podcast is called Pipeline for Change. And it's not just based on uh, mental health. It's based on a lot of things that could be changed upon in the baseball community. and. Just listening to that alone, like I feel it would be a lo- lofty goal here, but it'd be amazing if Calf could one day be on the podcast. Never know. Some of these people, you just reach out to them. Yeah. Po- I mean, podcasts are obviously easier for them to jump on, right? We're here for Gabe Kaplan. That's right. We're here for you, Gabe. I'm going to go Drew Robinson as probably the easiest person to get on the podcast that I would like to go, then Gabe Kapler, and then perhaps when we, <laughs> 50 years from now, when we're all old and crusty, we can probably get Tim Lin to come on the, on the podcast. <laughs> How cool would that be? You have to find the hut he's living in and then drag him out of it. Yeah, I know. What, about, what about you, Brent? Who would you like to have on? Um... Well, I think I think the you know the the usual suspects that you were talking about, but I think it'd be interesting to have one one or two of the broadcasters on as well, just because they're in the dugout, they have a different perspective. 
they know whether the team's riding high or running low. Broadcaster, yeah. as in like a Miller oh, or Ky- or somebody yeah, else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, they have uh, they have Dave Fleming, who's very good. They've got Dwayne Kuyper. They've got Mike Kruko. Uh, Kruko's hysterical. And then they have John Miller. We could probably get Cole Kuyper on. Uh, possibly, yeah. Because, you know, I'm not sure Kuyper would give us, much less anyone, his time of day. No. I mean, he uh, actually, like, in, ter- in terms of giving an interview, because, you know, I'm sure he's a nice guy. Just, you know, what's the point of going on a podcast? Unless he really wants to, of course, you know. Yo, Kuyper, if you're listening to this, come right on. Love to have you. We love your home run call, right? Why don't you do your best impression? High drive! Left field! It is out of here! I hit the microphone well at the end there. I liked it. It was a good Kuiper call. Hey, Brent. A little trivia time. The once in 2001. I was born. That is a little too far back. Um, I started... Probably playing uh, baseball, maybe with T-ball when I was three or four. And I then naturally transitioned to Little League. And my entire time in Little League, I just sucked. Except for this one year where I was older than everybody. But I had uh, probably a negative launch angle, so I only got singles. Because I was older than everybody and probably stronger, they put me in cleanup. So I probably would have been more suited for a leadoff hitter, but after after enough time of hitting singles, they rather rather than move me up and hit made me lead off, they moved me down. As you could probably expect, the team didn't really do too well. So I gotta and, ask, I gotta ask you. So were you a slap hitter then? Is that what you were? Where it wasn't power, right? Was I a, a slap uh, hitter? Yes. Did you just slap I mean, at the ball? It was, throw it out there for base hits. I did not pull. I just, I yeah, I did slap it the other way. A lot of Rod Carew then. All right. And typically in the infield, and maybe I got one or two hits that in season that made it to the outfield grass and just barely. Yeah, I probably wouldn't have done too well in professional baseball. Your speed? Were you fast or are but, you fast? I was Speedy Gonzalez. I was an elite base runner too, except for that one time I got caught stealing. But we don't talk about that. One career caught stealing, incredible. That's to make uh, Ricky have um, jealous there, then. Huh? And then, except that I was fourteen or fifteen. <laughs> In my final years, I probably got less than ten hits that entire year. Really bad. So that was um, a fun one. Great way to finish, huh? However, that team was extraordinarily well. We were going to win, but then a lot of rain delays, and then the season was too prolonged, and people wanted to go on summer vacation. However, at the very end, I actually got power for the first time in all Little League, and I got a single that went to the outfield, and then I got a double. And on the game, I got the double. That was my last ever game played in Little League. You retired, huh? You retired young. You went out on top. I don't think in all of my little league I got more than a double. And I got maybe a double two or three times. I hope your sex life's better than that, Parker. Uh, 
Let's continue talking about the baseball. Uh, yes, please. So I, I think to be clear to everybody, you're on the East Coast and I'm on the West Coast. So we've got uh, completely different backgrounds and perspectives and views on not the just sport. on the opposite coast, but opposite corners. I'm gonna sneeze. I hope all of our viewers enjoyed that thoroughly. Bless you. I think they're called listeners, though. Bless up. Uh, yeah, we're on opposite corners of the country. It gets it's very it's very cold in April up here. So people in California can play can not necessarily do, but can play year round. And we are stuck to uh, just spring because I mean we theoretically could play in the fall, but in order to have a season, you got to play somewhat into the, the really cold weather, and that's just not really appealing. Not really, but uh, you remember all those Yankee games where they're playing in October postseason, right? So, so you got to somehow find a way to... <laughs> Multiple opening days were filled with snow. Yeah. <laughs> the first home run of the season was hit by Miguel Cabrera in the snow. There you go. Well, I, I mean, out in California, we've got... In Northern California... Um, I mean, you've got, in one day, you can go from the beach to the snow. So it's pretty nice as far as the area. And then, uh, you know, you throw in a wonderful team like the San Francisco Giants, and uh, they, they're always fun to watch. I, you know, I followed them back to the candlestick days. So uh, before, you know, Pacific Bell, AT&T Park, even, uh, even Brook Ground. So I would go to those games at Candlestick where you get like 6,000 people. My first game was... The New York Yankees in Cleveland against the now Guardians. And a funny story, a teacher and I probably went to the same game and we talked about that and we were like, Alex Rodriguez was one home run away from, I think, 600. And he hit a really long foul ball just shy of a home run. And uh, I think my teacher and I went to the same game. Oh, against, really? Yeah. Oh, what are the odds of that, right? And we uh, like we met each other years later, so. But it's funny that you both remember that that exact time, right? Yeah. Um, and so the ballparks I've gone to are Yankee Stadium, Fenway, Progressive. I went to Rogers Center. I love Toronto. I think I've gone to like one. Other, I've gone to two other. I went to the Pirates game against uh, Cardinals, and I went to a Cardinals game against someone. I used to be a Cardinals fan, and then I wasn't. And now I'm a Giants fan, and probably going to be a Giants fan for a while. What is, what's like the, the appeal for you, for an East Coast guy? What, uh, what's the interest of you know, a Bay Area team? Giants were good. <laughs> okay. Bandwagon? The Yankees sucked. Okay. Gave you something to do? Sure of a pug skull. This, I'm going somewhere with this, but have okay. you ever? Have you yes. ever? Yeah. Pug school basically looks like a dog ran face first into a wall, and Evolution yeah. was like, yeah, this works. The Yankees basically made me want to run face first into a wall and create some sort of new species. So does that mean that you automatically uh, dislike the Dodgers then? Yes. Dodgers are annoying. Fun fact, although I am a Yankees fan, I don't hate the Red Sox. Oh, that's like, surprising. 
I hate the Red Sox at all. And uh, it's probably spawned from, like, well, my, my dad instilled baseball into me. And <laughs> he's casual enough where he just doesn't care about the Yankees-Red Sox rivalry. So I naturally just didn't hate the Red Sox and um, hate the Rays a lot more. Oh, do you? Really? The race, the Ray, the Rays the past two, three, maybe more years are just better than they should be, and as a Yankees fan, that sucks. So I imagine that Padres fans this year basically felt how I feel. We were supposed to do good this season, and then the Giants just stabbed us in the back and stole it all from us. I, I equate the rivalry of the you know the Dodgers Giants the same as the Red Sox Yankees. You sound like you're uh, kind of the anomaly out there on the East Coast. I've always looked at the Red Sox. It's though, re- and- don't get me wrong; it's really fun to watch those games, and I'm always going to root for the Yankees. And it's really fun to watch those games because there's extra energy. Yes, I would like to say that Mookie Betts all but said that the Yankees Red Sox rivalry is better. Well, wow, there's you know there's so much history out there, right? You had the Dodgers and the Giants were out there, so well, I mean, this yeah, is much history with Dodgers Giants. Yeah, I, I agree, but they moved out at different times, so I think that that it was only that a matter of years, wasn't it? It was, it was like but less than five. Yeah, but your attention only lasts so long, and so when you look at five years, five years is a long time. I mean, you look back at. Hall of Fame voting, right? You got to wait five years. You forget about some of the people, some of the things these people have accomplished in their careers. So. Speaking of the Hall of Fame, I don't even know who, some of the people who were elected yesterday. You know what? I haven't gone over the full list, but I did see um, there, there, there was five people from the veterans ballot. Um, the only was- person I know who got elected was Buck O'Neill. Yes, Buck O'Neill was. Um, there was. Let me pull it up right now. I, I saw somebody, I saw uh, a ballot on Twitter. I saw one of the uh, press writers put their ballot out on Twitter. Oh, the, and they, they had, the, uh, this is completely different. It's completely different. You're talking about the, the Hall of Fame vote with Barry Bonds. I'm, this is different than that. It was the Veterans Committee. So just, I thought we were talking more about the, just in general, though, uh, oh. Don't worry about it. That's okay. I mean, that's kind of where the discussion was. And so I was talking about a press writer actually voted for Barry Bonds, which I don't know how somebody can do that right now. Did or did not? Some, there was a ballot that was online where someone had voted for him. Yeah. And I just, I, I, I don't think he should get in, at least you know, right now, uh, with the steroid era is so tainted. I understand both. Players. I understand arguments for both. On one hand, Barry did it when he knew he shouldn't have been doing it, and he and he could have stopped, and then, but he kept going. On the other hand, there were so many people who took steroids, and Barry Bonds was the only person who did what he did. Yeah, I think Would he they be were... the home run king right now? Probably not. It would still probably be Hank Aaron. Yeah, yeah it'd still yeah. probably be Hank Aaron to be the all-time home run king. But I feel like Bonds wouldn't be... I feel like he would be around A-Rod levels of home runs without him. 
But at the same time, it's such a complex argument because Barry Bonds was probably also allowed to keep playing for as long as he did because of the steroids. So it's just very complex. Actually, he was taking human growth hormone, which is is different because the steroids gonna it's gonna break down your body. Um, human growth hormone is actually more a Didn't bit more positive it, I, on the body. Uh, I found out the other day that Barry Bonds' shoe size literally increased while he was in the major leagues, and I had no idea that steroids could do that to you. And his hat size grew tremendously as well. Like what the hell? <laughs> I, I would never do that to myself. It's, Is it's baseball really that important that you are putting your health in danger? Can't tell me that there isn't risk uh, doubling your shoe size. You just it's, can't. No. Uh-uh. I mean, you can, you can get bigger. You can bulk up your body. Uh, you, you know, there's, there are some things that you can change, but uh, you can't change your feet. You can't change your head size unless you have some serious help with that. The day Barry Bonds gets in is the day that the Hall of Fame puts an exhibit on steroids. And that's just, I can't imagine that because it's been a hundred years and they still don't have an exhibit on the Black Sox cheating scandal. They don't have anything on, you know, Pete Rose and gambling. Baseball is just weird as a whole. Anyways, follow the socials that Bay Boys Honkball. Mike Talkman has S tier legs. You gotta think about that. What's you? We could totally use that sneeze at the outro. I am 100% serious. I am too. I think it'd be funny. Sneeze it is. Having a sneeze as the outro, that's perfect. That's absolutely perfect. Whatever's different, right? I might have to sneeze on command in the future. Well, we'll get you a soundboard. Uh, what do you do now as a job? Uh, I work for at and I'm an account manager. What happened uh, working in baseball? You worked for the Oakland A's. Why? Uh, you know what? I, I worked for the Oakland A's. It was, uh, I was in between jobs, and I, I had a friend that was an executive at the A's, and since there was a little bit of a a reputation that I, I had in the Bay Area that he had asked me to come over and help with um, ticket sales for luxury suites. Who have you met? Uh, baseball player-wise? Famous Oakland A's people-wise. Uh, like, well, have you ever met got, Billy Bean? I've met Billy Bean, um, and that was just real casual. He's, he's very... Actually, interesting or funny story was um, the Oakland Coliseum and uh, where the Warriors used to play, those two are connected with a little tunnel underground. And so one time, this was actually when I was selling with AT&T, I was working with the Warriors and uh, they, I was doing a walkthrough of the arena there. And when we went outside, inside the building, but outside where you see the glass and look out, all over the parking lot and stuff. I got to the, the area where there's that tunnel that connects the two uh, parks and I'm about to head into the restroom and all of a sudden coming out is Billy Bean. And so I kind of did a little dance back and forth 
and, and we passed each other and I'm all of a sudden it just popped in my head. That was just Billy Bean. <laughs> so, so you um, haven't you even said hello to him. You just so, saw so him as before, he was walking out of the bathroom. That was before I worked. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that was before. So apparently he likes to go over to the bathroom over there because it's much cleaner than the ones uh, in Oakland. Uh, that was that was kind of my f- uh, funny first interaction with him. But yes, a lot of the a lot of the folks in the AIDS organization, uh, I I was very fortunate enough to meet um, when they the players had you know the the welcome days in the off season where it was going to be you know the big players. So you had you know Johnny Damon would be a big one for you. So got to meet Johnny Damon. Um, a lot of the... I, well, I you mean 2009 champion Johnny Damon. <laughs> there you go. Right there. So, um, yeah, Giambi is as well there. But, um, yeah, I, I got to meet a lot of the players. And then just in... D- uh, Jason Abbey, or Jeremy? It was Jeremy. Jeremy is the I cool one. Jason's the jock, the, the rude jock older brother. And Jeremy is like... You know, I'm not not as good as him, but at least I have a good soul. I feel like Jeremy's that type of guy. I think you're right. But at the same time, they could both be lovely people. Or they could both be redacted. Oh, I, well, I'm going to have to cut that out. At the same time, they could both be really horrible people. Never meet your hero, right? There's a phrase for a reason. Well, I, in that case, nobody make me their hero because I'd be more than happy to meet people. I'm sure it's the same with Brent, too. More than happy to talk I'm, to just, people. Um, <laughs> what's the name of this? Bad Boys? It's Bad Bay Boys. Boys. No, Bay Boys. Bay, Bay Boys. Boys. Okay. You know the uh, nickname for the Giants is the Bay Boys, right? That's why it's called that. I have never heard that. I literally looked it up on Wikipedia. I have never heard that. Yes, that's why teachers don't allow you to go to Wikipedia. But it could be a saying, and I'm just not aware of it. But The Giants are like all male, and they are in the Bay Area. My favorite podcast, how they end is they just stop talking about whatever they're talking about. And then one of the hosts, his name is Jake. They just ended off by saying Jake sucks. Well, I'm, I'm not going to say Jake sucks, but because, you know, that's not our own thing. And that's where the sneeze would come in. I want to bring some similar vibes. I have an idea. Yep. We may not be able to capitalize it on that right now, but I do have an idea. On Twitter, one of the people who's actually a really good follow, is her name is Kate. And Kate happens to be the biggest Mike Talkman fan. So, if I were to ask her, because this would be as authentic as possible if we were to ask her, to give me something Mike Talkman related to end off a podcast. And I'm gonna do that. Okay, day 81, got rid of my homeless cat. True story. I had a stray cat that was living with us for the past week and has been around my house for like the past two or three months. Finally found her home today. Nice. Now, at SF Giants Kate, what would be an awesome... Are you, are you asking her? Is that what you're doing? Yes. 
I, I, I think this will work. Well, it's a weird, a weird yet fun Mike talk. We could. This will be what uh, our outro for this episode will be in the future. Well, I, really, that's. I mean, maybe that's just that's just it. We just say okay. Well, um, thanks for the you know, thanks for the time today, Parker. Good talking to you. Good catching up. Uh, talk to you soon. How about we just tell people to enjoy my sneeze? There you go. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, have you followed the the Twitter? Is it for what you the podcast? No, is it on there? Yeah, I fo- I followed you the other day on it. Maybe I didn't even look at that, or I didn't. Was that you? Didn't DM uh, that, did you? I did not. I just okay figured you okay. would have saw it in your notifications. The the Twitter is the uh, same um. The uh, same, uh, same as our podcast name, Bay Boys Honkball, and it's Bay B O Y Z with an S. Yes, okay. Capital B A Y, capital B O Y S H O N K B A L. It's right there. It's only one L. There we go. Two followers now. <sighs> nice. Okay. <laughs> well. Imagine we yeah, just release but... everything unedited. Oh, that would be terrible. I might, I, I might have doxed myself if I did that. That would not be good. Yeah, yes. That was a good... did, did, did he really think I was going to sneeze on command? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. What did you think I was going to happen? We should get a soundboard for that. Oh no! This is gonna be my actual sneeze. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a faker. No, I, I know. I I know you have it recorded, but I was just saying that eventually we'll have to get you a soundboard. Absolutely. Well, thank you everyone for listening to Bay Boys Honkball. Brent, do you have any words? Wait, you want to try that again? <laughs> yeah, let me think about something to say. Uh... You went on me the entire time to think about it, and you barely thought about it yourself. (laughs) All right, go ahead. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening to the first induction episode of Bay Boys Honkball. Plenty of redacted to come. Brett, do you have any final words? Well, I just hope everybody had a good time. This is the first podcast of hopefully many that we're going to do. I enjoyed it. Thank you so much, Parker. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, none of this would be possible without you. And fellow reminder to all of our future listeners, because I doubt we're going to get any on the first episode. We have no experience in this, so we have no idea what to do. We have My first time editing will be after we're done recording this. So, and just enjoy uh, this soundbite of m- me sneezing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>